Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Jane's Talks. Really great to have you all here today. Really um, great to have another guest with me today. Um, David Mike, who is um, a friend of mine um, and also a, a blogger and an author. Um, he's got an amazing story which I'm really excited to share with you all. Um, from his, uh, which he tells in his new book, his first book, um, which is very exciting, just just recently launched, um, called Dishonor. Um, so yeah, welcome, David. Really great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Um, yeah, so just tell us a bit of like who you are and your story. Well, currently I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm a cosmetology instructor. Uh, I didn't start out as a cosmetology instructor. I actually started out. Uh, after I graduated high school in the Army. So uh, I went to uh, join the Army right out, right out of high school, wanted to be a soldier. My dad was in the military. It was something I aspired to and um, got to my first duty station. And about a year later, ended up really getting messed up on drugs to the point where I started selling them. And then that kind of skyrocketed uh, into a full-blown uh, mess. It was just a huge mess. I ended up getting arrested. And then I ran away for six months to avoid jail time. And so during that six months, I sold drugs basically to support myself to stay alive and, and also to support my drug habit. And I was able to buy whatever I want and take whatever I want and just medicated myself to the point where I just didn't care about anything anymore besides myself. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot packed into a couple of sentences. So, right. <laughs> so what, so what happened when, like, cause you said you joined the army. Um, yes. So how did that lead into kind of the drugs and selling drugs and taking drugs? Well, I was in my unit and, you know, trying to do the normal soldier thing. And I ended up, I had a girlfriend in high school that ended up dumping me. And, you know, I don't want to blame her. It wasn't her fault. But basically what happened was I was hanging out with a bunch of friends and they saw that I was depressed. So they were like, why don't you come out with us? So we went out to a nightclub. Somebody gave me a pill and I took it. I don't know why I took it. I just did. And my life changed forever. It was a hit of ecstasy. And once I took that, I, I couldn't get enough of it. Wow. It's amazing isn't it? like how one, one, one crappy day can actually take you on a whole different path kind of thing. Exactly. Um, so that basically that escalated then to, um, you know, not just to taking it, but to selling it. Right. It started out, uh, the selling started with just me trying to get as some for my friends. My friends noticed I was able to get it pretty quickly, so I would get it. And then I would also buy larger quantities so that I could give it to my friends, you know, after they gave me their money, and I would get some for free. So it ended up kind of be benefiting me in the in the short term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started doing it more just for the money, and then I could take whatever I want without it costing me anything ever. Right. Crikey. Um, so yeah, what so yeah, so what happened as a result of that? As you you said you said you ended up in uh, back in prison again. Is that that right? Well, after I was AWOL, about six months down the road, I would I used to go back to the same place where I ran away from, which was in near Fort Polk, Fort Polk Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And the cops knew I was going to I was going to be there, so they sent in a, a task force to capture me. And uh, they, once they apprehended me, I ended up in jail. Uh, and shortly thereafter, I ran away again. They let me out. I don't know why they let me out. I ran away again. But then during that time frame, I felt a very huge like weight and pressure. My parents knew that I had run away, and everybody was praying for me, and they were like, you know, he needs to just get this over with. But I felt this really strong urge to go back. So the uh, 
cop who arrested me got a hold of me and uh, he said, you need to come back. And I was like, okay, I'm coming back. So I turned myself in, ended up getting court-martialed, which is a, a military court, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was stripped of my rank and pay. I had a five-year, I got a five-year sentence and a dishonorable discharge from the military. So um, from that point, I was shipped off to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, which is the Army prison. Wow. So what was that experience like? What was it while you were in prison? What? What kind of thoughts and feelings and emotions were going through your head? You know, you had that time to reflect. Like, what was what was going on inside of you at that point? In the beginning, it was a lot of self pity. Uh, it was a lot of shame. It was a lot of guilt. Uh, and you know, I also had to adapt to the environment. You know, it, was, it could have been a lot worse. The military prison was a little bit nicer than, but if you want to use the term nice, than prisons that are out there. So, I was fairly safe. Uh, but, you know, there was around different types of people and there was just a lot going on and, and it was totally out of the environment that I was used to. The worst part, I think, uh, for me early on was sitting in a cell and being left to my own thoughts and my, you know, it was just uh, overwhelming and not being able to get out the anxiety, the frustration, the stress, the noise. There was a lot. I write a lot about that in the book and um, on my blog. So you can kind of get a, a feel for uh, what it's like to, to be locked in a cell. It, it was pretty. It was pretty terrible. Wow. Yeah. Not many of us. Have, yeah. I, I. I. You know. I, I mean. I've got no idea about what that must be like. That must be. Yeah. It must be. But I mean, it must be lonely. I mean, that's at some level. Yep. Uh, you could say lonely. Uh, you know, I was lonely in a building full of about 350 people or 500 people. <laughs> it was, uh, it was lonely because I wasn't around people I really want to be around. And, you know, my, my, I had a really good support system. My family stayed in contact with me and sent me letters. And during the time, the whole time I was in prison, I got letters from all sorts of different types of people. And that was really, really a, a good thing because it lifted my spirits. You know, when I got a letter or two or seven, my, my day was, was elevated. Mm. Uh, and I, I know during that time, too, I, I was really still kind of far away from God. I, you know, I knew he exi- existed. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I knew that I had accepted Christ as my Savior at an early age. And I had faith, but I was definitely disengaged from it, uh, it early early on in the uh, sentence. Mm. So what kind of changed? What was it that brought, that reconnected you with God again? Well, there were two main uh, turning points. One of them was, uh, was up for my second parole my first parole and i was waiting on some paperwork to come in from all the different places i needed it from but i was waiting on a letter from my dad and so when i was working that day in the dining facility which is where i worked somebody handed me a hit of lsd and we both took one and i so i relapsed in prison and i was on this drug and you know i'm not sure how we didn't get caught because we were acting like people on drugs but later that night, I went back to my room, and there was the letter from my dad. And so I'm still kind of trailing off the drug. I open up the letter, and in the letter it stated that my father would stake his job, his reputation, and his life on the fact that I would never do anything like what I had done in the past again. And it was on the exact same day that I relapsed. So that was a turning point for me as far as taking drugs. I knew that at that point I was no longer ever going to consume another drug again. Uh, illegal drugs, obviously. I've taken ibuprofen or aspirin before, but... Um, I was I swore off this type of behavior that ended me up uh, ended me up in prison. So wow, that's the cool. second turning point 
I was listening to a radio broadcast and I heard a evangelist or a preacher speaking on the radio and he was talking about the word grace and forgiveness. And I had heard those terms before in church. I knew what grace meant. I knew what forgiveness meant, but I didn't understand it to the to the way that he was explaining it. And he mentioned that no matter what you've done in your life, no matter how far, how deep of a hole you've dug for yourself, God has forgiven you and he forgave you 2,000 years before you even did it. And I that just blew me away. I just didn't quite understand that before. And so growing up, I always felt like I was always on the other side of God uh, waiting for the the spanking or the, the zap, the lightning bolt, and that I, I was always an inch away from being punished by God. And that's just not how he sees us. And so listening to this guy speak, uh, I ended up ordering one of his books. And I read through this book, and I just I couldn't believe how much God loves us and how much he's willing to forgive. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's it, it. Grace is phenomenal, isn't it? It's just a, when we actually come to terms with how much we're forgiven, you know, and how we're accepted as we are, even with all the things that we've done. That's quite a quite a intense experience. It's something it takes it takes a lot to come to terms with. Right, and the cool thing was is that I I'd read the Bible several times. You know, uh, I'd grown up memorizing it, and it was just kind of a thing to do. And then when I got to prison, I actually read through the Bible a couple times. But this time, I was reading back through. And I kept seeing these words and terms in a different light. It just kind of opened up the entire Bible. And this whole message of the Bible is God forgives you. And He for, not only does he forgive you, he forgave you before you were born. So he knew you were going to mess up. He still lets you come into existence in the broken state that we're in. And he's given you an opportunity to accept that forgiveness and live a life with him. Mm, yeah, so so that began that journey back to, to God and to, and to faith. So how long were you in... Were you in prison for the um, ultimately? I ended up serving three years total, right? And so, uh, on a five-year sentence, I got out a little early just uh, because I ended up making my second parole. Right, and how far? So far, how, how far into your sentence was the was that moment where that that kind of turning point with the letter and the um, and all and you know getting into the Bible again? What kind of so? Because I'm just I'm just trying to figure out once you had that kind of moment. How did that change your prison experience? Well, unfortunately, it was more near the end when I when I heard that radio broadcast. So, and, and maybe it was a good thing too. God knew how much time I needed to spend in prison in order for me not to get out and do the same thing again. So, you know, I might have been frustrated with a five year sentence when I heard it, but like God had a plan, and He knew that I had to go through a few things and kind of get to a place where I was ready to accept this message of forgiveness. I the letter from my father came probably about halfway through my prison sentence. And then listening to the radio broadcast and reading this book, uh, it's called Classic Christianity by Bob George. Um, I read that book probably in the last, maybe at year 2.5, I think is about where it was. I had about six months ago before I got out. Right. Okay. So what, so immediately what, what when you, when you got out, um, I know that uh, when you got out, what was your kind of, what, what, what was the first thing you did when you came, when you got out, what was your overriding priority when you got out the very first thing that i did was eat an arby sandwich <laughs> which is a i don't know if you guys have arby's in england i can't, i used to uh, live there i don't no, remember don't. if you have them but it's a roast beef sandwich it's a fast food chain but that was something i wanted so um but uh, i went back to omaha nebraska where my parents uh lived my dad retired there so i that was going to be my new home mm. i went home and uh, started applying for jobs like crazy and i talk about all this in the book kind of my process of 
struggling to find a job um, as a convicted felon that just came out of prison, you know, literally yesterday. And uh, the little, little bit of the apprehension of people wanting to hire somebody like me. And it took a while for me to eventually commit somebody that I was worth hiring. Yeah, there's a great story about that, which, I, which I've read on your, um, on your blog. Um, so I think it's in the book, is it? I think it is. Um, yes, I actually blogged the book over a three-year period in order to learn how to write. Uh, I got a lot of advice, a lot of help from, from a lot of different people out there. And so I blogged the, the entire book in a rough draft form. And then I compiled the entire blog into a book with a lot of editing, and, and there's a lot more expansion of the material. But um, the rough draft is basically the blog. Yeah. So what was what what happened? That what was it that changed and helped you get a job? What was what kind of because there's, there's an interesting story about that, isn't there? Because you'd applied for a lot of jobs and just got turned down basically flat because of your conviction, and then you tried a different approach, I think, to one job. I, yeah, it was a, a retail chain in Omaha, Nebraska called Shopco. And I went in and I said, I'd like to speak to the manager, you know, instead of filling out an application. And I sat down in front of this guy and I just said, hey, I'm just going to let you know I, up front, I just got out of prison like a week or two ago. I said, but I'm going to be your hardest worker if you just give me a chance to show you that I'm, you know, worth hiring. And he said, okay, I'll give you a chance. And that was it. Uh, I was surprised at how having that face-to-face conversation and makes it a lot easier than just filling out a piece of paper that says, yes, I've been convicted of a felony and these are the charges. Mm. So um, if anybody out there is struggling to find a job, I'd say face-to-face meeting, you know, present yourself with confidence and, you you know, it, it will work in your favor. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it, how, you know, you, you, you can do an application form, but that's not, that's not the whole person, is it? I mean, that's not at all. It's about, uh, often about that relationship and, connecting with somebody and actually uh, meeting them face to face rather than just looking at sure. a bit of paper um, yeah so 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 once you were out there what was the what was your faith experience and your faith journey kind of after after coming out of prison well with any christian the, it it's like a roller coaster a lot of times it goes up and down you know, some there's times when you feel connected to God. There's times when you kind of walk away from God. The crazy thing is, He's constantly chasing after us. And he does not let us run away from Him. Uh, it w- I would say probably in the past five or six years, I've had the strongest uh, growth in my faith uh, due to the church that I've been attending. It's called Finding Life Church in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, the way that they go about worship there, the way that they talk to God, and the way that they love people, and feel like the most important thing in the world is people finding Jesus has changed the way that I go to church, the way that I feel about church. Previous to that, I I came from a very legalistic background. So there was kind of a lot of judgmental um, attitudes and kind Mm -hmm. of wanting people to fit into a particular box. When somebody says I'm a Christian, you, you want them to act and say and think a certain way, but you know, God accepts us the way we are with all our flaws, all our scars, all of our mess. And we're supposed to do the same thing for everybody else. Mm, absolutely yeah so yeah so what has this experience taught you about who god is and about grace overall i know that because god has forgiven me and i have three children of my own and you know they make mistakes just like anybody else and just knowing that no matter what they've done no matter what they do or what they're going to do i love them unconditionally um, you know, I'm human, so I make mistakes when it comes to maybe discipline or, you know, choice of words. 
but God is perfect and he loves us with all of that perfect love. And there isn't anything that we can do, nothing that's going to make him turn his back on us. And I think that has just been the biggest revelation out of this whole learning experience. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, and you talked a bit about how the book started. So where did, I mean, when did that all kind of come about? How did you begin that process of deciding to write this stuff down and share this story and then, putting it out there when I moved around I moved around my entire life as a military kid so I kind of became a storyteller and I didn't realize that until actually I started writing but everywhere you go you tell somebody yeah I used to live here and this is what I used to do well I had this crazy story about being in prison and I would mention it to people and every time I would say it they would tell me you need to write a book and I would think to myself, there's no way I could write a book I don't even know how to write a book I see books out there and I always wonder how the heck did they put this whole thing together and so I joined a Facebook group uh, started by a man named John Acuff, and he wanted all of these people to join his group to do the thing that they've always wanted to do, and so we became a, a huge support system. And uh, since then, I've joined quite a few other groups, Tribe Writers by Jeff Goins, and there's a, you know, a few other groups by Jeff Goins, John Acuff, and then some subgroups because of that. Well, in these groups, all of these people, the power of community have come together and created a situation where if I had a question or if I needed help or if I needed to do something, like set up a blog, start writing, somebody had an answer for me and they did it for free. There was just, there was no charge. There was just immense help. So that's basically how it started. I threw out the idea that I wanted to write a book and then somebody said, start a blog because if you start a blog, you can write the book and you'll develop a following. Little did I know that I'd also learn how to write because Mm. I've never written before and so it was kind of a struggle getting words together in the right format and having words in there that weren't supposed to be there over explaining. So I got a lot of coaching, a lot of help. And the whole time I was writing, the community started following and getting larger and larger. So by the time I was done writing the blog and getting ready to put the book together, I started or I opened up a Facebook group as a launch group and 400 people showed up the first day. And then that group grew to about a little over 700 people. And I was just blown away about how many people wanted to help me and see this succeed. And so that's kind of like how the whole thing um, processed and through. Wow, that is phenomenal. That's an amazing story. Um, and why did you want to write the book? I mean, who are you writing it for? Um, was it, I mean, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't, a lot of writing we do is just for us, but, but what, I mean, what was the kind of, what was your heart behind the book? I thought that if somebody else were in the same position, as me or had some situation in the past that they were kind of struggling with that if they knew that God forgave us, he sent his son to die for us and that all the sin that you have committed in the past or anything you'll do in the future is all going to be taken away when you accept that forgiveness. I, I figured this, this is life changing for people who struggle with that. And originally I kind of thought, well, you know, the prison thing, people who are in prison, people who are have family in prison, but I've been getting so many different comments from people saying, Thank you for this message because I struggle with something else. And it's just, so it's more of if you struggle with guilt or shame or the identity that you um, have from your past, whether it be something that you've done, something that somebody's called you, um, some issues that you have that nobody even knows about. So it's really for anybody who deals with guilt. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't actually had a chance to read the book yet, unfortunately. I've... um... I really wanted to read the book, and I'm going to be getting a copy of the book. But um, 
Um, I mean, I've read your blog, and so obviously I've probably read a lot of the material that's in it. Um, it's a really powerful story. Um, so, I mean, what um, do you think this book can do for people who are in the same situation that you are? Like people who are in maybe serving time at the moment. People who are like feeling forgotten. Um, people who are kind of feeling alone and trapped in kind of a, a life that they don't really want to be living but um, want to escape. What kind of... Um, what do you think this book can do for them? I feel like if somebody else were to read this story and maybe they're in the same position or know somebody that is, they can feel like they're not alone and that they're not crazy and that they're not the only person who feels mm-hmm. the way that they do and that if I was able to find a way out emotionally, spiritually, and physically from prison, that, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And what have and you... And it's gone. Oh, no, sorry. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, no, what, I was what have you learned from writing a bit? What has it taught you? And has it been part, Has it been really, like, therapeutic for you as well to, to write that book and get it out there? In, in a lot of ways, it was. I had to go... I think I tend to suppress things and not deal with emotions. And so I was faced to deal with a lot of, of the stuff that, I mean, this happened in 1989, 1990, up to, you know, I got out of prison in 1992. So all of this was so far in the past. I had to go through all of this again. And not only that, I had to drag my wife through it. This is a man that she did not know marrying. She knew about the situation, but she didn't know this man that she had to read about. My parents had to be drugged through this again my siblings. So it, it was hard. It was a hard decision. I could talk to everybody. I kind of asked everybody, you know, are you okay with it? And, uh, they, they said yes. And so, you know, l- luckily and thankfully I, I have a lot of family support and we were able to go through this together, but it, it was, it was hard. I have to say it was very hard. Yeah. It's interesting when you go back to, I found that as well, cause I'm as a writer, like writing out your, your past, you have to kind of go there. Again, you have to go there internally. You have to almost experience it all again in a way, um, and it and obviously it impacts you. Um, um, so, but ultimately, I think there's when you create something like that, when you do something like that, it actually does do a lot of healing as well because maybe a lot of stuff that wasn't you didn't know about, maybe hidden emotions, hidden feelings, or whatever, or conflicts that you that you kind of buried kind of come out um has it been like has that been your experience it, it has there was one incident where a woman reached out to me and let me know that you know she kind of reconnected me from my past but she told me that it's one of the people that we used to hang out with uh from the drug days had passed away and it really hit me that there are people out there that the last time that we interacted with each other what they're going to remember is me david mike the drug dealer the guy who sold them drugs the guy that partied with them Uh, or the guy that ended up in prison. And so that is how they remember me. And so I have wasted so many opportunities to share God with people. And so the really cool thing is, is although that all that stuff has happened in the past and and maybe, you know, there are people out there that are going to remember me that way, I have been reconnecting with many of the, the characters, let's call them characters in this book, and they're reading the story, and I'm like, there's a story about the times that we spent together, and at the end of it, there's you know this gospel message. So um, God has given me the opportunity to share the gospel with these people who I left, you know, over 20 mm. years ago. That's amazing. That's really amazing. 
Um, so what's, yeah, I mean, um, that's really amazing. It's such a powerful message of grace and transformation and how grace can actually confront the truth about you and then um, transform you and bring out new life, isn't it? I mean, that's that, that's what kind of resonates from this from the message of this book is it, you know about grace and how it trans- sorry about grace and how it transforms you. What was the question? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Technical <laughs> hitch there, listeners. Um, no, the book. The book to me seems to be about um, grace, and you know, grace confronts the truth of who we are, and then it transforms us and um, brings new life. You know, that seems to be what the book is about, really. Um, yes. You know, God's grace and forgiveness, and just how powerful it is. Mm. Very true. So, what are you doing? So now you've had this. Now this book's come out. Um, what's what's next for you are you going to be writing more books um or you i mean what do you what's like your your plans now book writing was very hard for me so i you know there's a couple ideas i have i also on my blog have a few uh funny stories about my childhood and some crazy things i did so i thought about maybe maybe doing a book about that and my six-year-old daughter has over the past couple years has come up with these incredible statements some of them are hilarious and so i call them hashtag Annikaisms whenever I post them on social media. Uh, so I thought about maybe putting those together in a book. But what has happened is there's been a few speaking opportunities that have popped up, and so I'm kind of exploring if that's something that um, I'm, I can be good at uh, or if God wants to use me in that way. And so I've got a few lined up in the future here, in the near future. Uh, the other thing I want to do is I want to get physical copies of my book into prisons and treatment centers. So the money that we get from the sale of the book, you know, after recouping costs and all that, um, I want to re-funnel back into purchasing more copies and getting them to people who don't have access to social media or internet. That's a really great thing to do. Yeah, because, I mean, this book will be really... I suspect there's a load of people, like people literally in prison as well, who'd read this book and would probably get a lot of hope from it. Um... And it could be really transforming for people um, in similar situations that you were in. And I can imagine that actually going to prisons and speaking and telling your story and everything could be quite a powerful thing for people as well. I have a, a friend, and she's actually the one that wrote the endorsement on the back cover of the book, who does that. And uh, it's just so awesome to see her go in and do those type of things. Uh, and I haven't uh, looked at that just yet. It kind of scares me a little bit. Not because I'm scared of inmates, but I guess, you know, we all have our feelings of inadequacy and, Mm. you know, does somebody really want to hear about how, you know, I went to prison and I got out while they're sitting in there. I I guess I have some soul searching to do when it comes to actually going into jails, but it Mm. it could definitely be beneficial. And so I just have to uh, pray about it and and see if if God opens up some doors in that, in that way. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing. So, okay. So. If there's like a what, if there's like one lesson that you've learned through your experiences, um, one word of hope and encouragement that you could, you know, bring to people um, who are feeling trapped and feeling, um, you know, that they that they're not that they're kind of out of God's grace or that, they, that God doesn't love them and uh, or disconnected or anyway or in prison in any kind of way, not just physical prison, but any kind of you know, why you're feeling trapped. Um, what kind of, what word of hope would you want to bring to them? 
I would say that no matter where you are, no matter how deep you've fallen, how low to the ground you are, how dirty your sin is, God has forgiven you. He forgave you 2,000 years ago. You just have to accept it. And you don't have to keep asking for it. Once you have it, you are forgiven. He said when he died on the cross, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. He took away everything. And so you just need to uh, reach up, reach up from the dark, reach out, reach out to the light and know that you are forgiven. And it releases so many different things if you can just rest in that. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so thank you so much for, for coming on today and sharing a little bit of your story. Um, it's really great to have you here. Um, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and um, everyone, if you want to get hold of the book, it's on Amazon right now. It's called Dishonor. Um, and um, you can catch up with Mike online. I think he's... Your dile- dilemma, Mike, aren't you on Twitter and on uh, and your blog as well? Is that correct? Yep, all of my social media handles are dilemma, Mike, and it's uh, one L and two M's. Right. Yeah. So go and check all of that out, and um, um, I'm going to check out that book. And yeah, I think um, yeah, that'll be a really great book to check out. So thanks, Mike, for uh, coming on. And um, yeah, so um, take care, everybody, and. Um, We'll see you in the next episode.